everybody. It is your boy David. Uh, super stoked today. We got uh, some of the dopest people ever. Uh, we got uh, Adriana Vasquez, Nani in the house. Uh, we got Olivia Medina Bravo. Hey. And then we got the man, Tokin Isaac, CR7. Uh, dude, not your guac. <laughs> you dude, oh Connor, uh, Mr. Connor Mr. Connor McGregor. Yes, sir. Let's go. Hey, um, I, I I was just thinking about this. It's literally the coolest thing. I think of how Isaac and I met. It literally, I remember we met because your parents wanted you to go to a retreat <laughs> that I was not gonna let you go to because mm-hmm. it was past registration day. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I was like, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. let me go talk to my team. This was was four years ago. This was four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago, I remember your parents were like, yo, can my son sign up for uh, this this summer camp? And I was like, yo, sorry, we're already full capacity. Deadline was two weeks ago. I don't think we can do it. Like, we'll pay right now. And I was like, what? No, just kidding. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, let me talk to my team. So I talked to, like, Lalo. I talked to Denise. And I was like, yo, what do you guys think? Like, uh, what if he's weird? You know, like I was like, we, what if, we don't know what to expect. They're like, yo, we're, we're going to bring his friend wants to come too. like both of them will go. We're like, all right, cool, whatever. And I think at that time you met skinny David with a goatee. You remember yeah, that? You had, <laughs> that was you the goatee Wait, so and a mustache, bro. You dude, so, so this facial hair is like the normal for you because this is how you met me. Yeah. Yeah. But you looked younger. You looked like really young because you were young. You were 20, right? I was a little boy. Kiss me on the forehead or what? <laughs> you were 20 the kiss a little kiss on little kiss uh, effect on here you know yeah that's <laughs> yeah, nasty huh? <laughs> dude you were 20 i was 17 17 now you're 24 and now i'm 21 21, 21. and now look at us sheesh over here together. recording hey, the podcast went yeah. through a whole pandemic mm-hmm. yes Everything. and then olivia you guys started dating during the pandemic during the Woo! pandemic during the pandemic um you guys Briefly dated while well, you guys were in seventh grade, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. little kids, little yeah. boys. Little boys. Tell <laughs> little stories. What happened? Well, we were just, you know, having like fun in seventh grade. What No, <laughs> what seventh graders do. Okay, um, okay, okay. I asked her to be my girlfriend. She said, yeah. And um, she had to leave out of the, I was going to say out of the country, out of the state. And, you know, we're seventh graders, so. We long distance doesn't yeah. work that well yeah, as seventh graders so. yeah so we yeah. broke up and we actually kept in touch on instagram but not like kept talking it was just it's like just like yo mutual friends you yeah. know see their post like it once in a while if it was a cool post yeah and then flash forward seven years later um the pandemic hit and we just started talking again yeah and it was like a story how did how did you guys meet yeah um i think it's uh it's funny because Sir Baron Alex, um, so you know on Instagram, you're like, yo, ask me a question. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> yeah. too. Dude, that kind of swipe up. Wait, just for context, Sir Baron Alex is my dad. Okay, <laughs> so keep that. going. <laughs> okay, so Sir Baron Alex, uh, Adriana's, why am I calling you Adriana? I don't know. Nani's, <laughs> I was going to say mom. Hola. <laughs> Nani's dad um so on, on instagram we follow each other and we met in in mexico uh, Horizonte conference what was it like two years ago two years ago two year, wow. oh, yeah and so we met and it was like yo 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 what up what up what up right and they're like we're from cerritos i'm like cool cool and uh i guess we all followed each other on instagram that was it so uh this october 
well, not last October 2020, uh, 2020, huh? Put on my story, yo, uh, ask me a question. Ask me a question. And Sir Baron Alex was like, hey, when are we going to go out for dinner? And I was at first second, I was like, man, who's this guy asking me to go out for dinner? But I was like, ah, whatever, like, um, it, whatever, let's go, you know? So we're like, all right, so we want to go get pizza. And uh, we're there having pizza. And so Alex and Lulu show up and we just hit it off super well. Was and Nani at the dinner too? No. no. And so it was just uh, Alex and Lulu. So that's Nani's mom and Nani's dad. So technically you were friends with her parents before you were actually <laughs> friends with her. He was wow. friends That's with my parents, and I didn't even want to be friends with him at the time. <laughs> I was like, my parents begged me to go to dinner, and I was like, heck no, I'm not going to dinner with a pastor. Oh. I don't want to be friends with a pastor, you know, wow. like, maybe I was a little bit salty at the time, but <laughs> look at me now. I know, she's sitting next to a pastor now, let's go. Sheesh. Not only sitting next to him, but... <laughs> let's go. So, so what's crazy is, uh, yeah, we just started hanging out, started hanging out, and then uh, not with Nani, though. Like, I remember I would get invited to a house, and, like, all of a sudden, Nani is going to go play tennis. And so that's what that was <laughs> all like. Of a sudden. Yeah, and so then it was just, like, me, Tito. Well, that's Alex. Uh, he you, he was in episode number two. Um, that's me, Alex, and then uh, Lulu and and Sir Alex. So that's dad, um, Alex. <laughs> and so <laughs> dad, Alex. Papa, Alex. Wow, gonna, so you yes. guys are pandemic pandemic relationship as well huh yes yeah. it's literally it's literally what uh it's what happened there um but yeah i mean pandemic a lot of things yeah. interesting stuff happened there yeah it, a lot of stuff were closed but now stuff are open yo it's uh, june 16 yeah wow. let's go let's go opening, and yeah. the mask requirement was just lifted mm-hmm. which means yeah. so 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 question are you guys gonna still wear your mask why or why not um i'm probably gonna wear it well, while being in public, just because it's kind of weird without it. And also while I'm working, just to keep customers feeling safe and stuff. But I don't know. It's it's, it's like a separation anxiety for masks. I'm, if anything, I'm going to keep them on just like to be considerate to other people. I, I remember yeah. watching movies and like seeing them with their mask off. And I'm like, what the heck? Yes. Why are their yes. masks off? And I'm like, oh, this movie was created like a while ago. When we went to watch A Quiet Place 2, we had these annoying oh God, kids next to us. On my side, um, there is this guy that would keep clicking his recliner button. You know how there's like recliner buttons? He yeah. kept clicking it and it, it was like a fidget thing for him. No. He was right next to me. Although it was like, like it was like zzz, 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 a social zzz. gap. There was a social gap, right? Yeah. I could still hear it on my side because, and it's not the best movie for like for someone to go clicking. <laughs> so it's quiet. It's a quiet place. It's in the name. <laughs> and then on Olivia's side, there was there was, this was a guy, guy flipping his hat on yeah. his finger the oh whole time God. and shaking his leg and asking questions. I'm like, please be quiet. No, yeah. Terrible. For us, when we went to go see a quiet place too, there was like a big family that walks in, like two seats over to us, and like literally in the middle um of the movie they're like taking out their snacks and crinkling their <laughs> chip bags and like opening them all loud and they look at us like with the guilty faces like sorry you know and then like not even just that they had like a baby crying it was literally it was terrible it was definitely not a quiet place they were literally <laughs> like looking at us with like a guilty face but then they would do it like even two more. minutes later yeah. yeah and i was like bro like what the heck you know and um eventually i got tired of it that i was like you know what i'm just gonna go to sleep 
No, I'm just kidding. No, um, I've been having this problem. Uh, I've always said that I loved movies, but recently at movie theaters, I've been sleeping. Like I just became my dad. You know, like you know, you're, there's always like that one parent that always sleeps my at a movie. Is your mom so quick, yeah. man? It's my, in my family. It's my dad. Like commercials, like mouth open and everything, like head back. Oh, like this guy no. broke his neck. Everything, <laughs> the whole thing. And um, I, I became that person. And I was like, hey, babe, wake me up if I start snoring. <laughs> I think it was like once or twice. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think uh, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but uh, most recently I've been sleeping on these movies. And uh, especially like when we watched The Quiet Place, like uh, towards the end of the movie, I had no idea what the movie was really about. And on the way ho- on the way home, I was like asking you, like, tell me, what was it about? Like, what happened? How, how did they get here? How did that happen? Yeah. And I had to give him like an in-depth, like description of the movie literally scene by scene walking him through it it was it was it was was it during during the movie you had no on the way home on the way home yeah yeah and and i think uh uh, when it comes to that i think um i I obviously i didn't get the story i didn't understand the story i felt lost and uh, simply just because i was not paying attention i totally fell asleep and i think uh i think if, if we're being honest i think that's happened to a lot of us um in any aspect of life right yep i think uh for uh, some people maybe it was like their life or just goals and plans they've had and they just got distracted or kind of just you know quote unquote fell asleep and they're asking the question like how how in the world did i get here or maybe like marriages relationships you're like you know you got distracted for a while and then you're like man how did we get here as uh, as a couple and um I think the the most important or I think uh, one of the most dangerous things that can happen um, in this can be when it comes to like God in our relationship with Jesus, where we get a little bit distracted. uh, We lose focus for a little bit and then uh, we lose ourselves in the story of Jesus um, and we lose sight of not only uh, the heart of Jesus, but we also lose sight of what we're called to be in uh who we are as people. And um, there's a story in the Bible that I think we, we talked about. Was That was two weeks ago, right? Uh, the interest night? Yeah. Two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yep. And it was Mark chapter two. And um, who wants to give us a, a little, uh, Pastor Anani is going to go ahead and give us a resume uh, of the story of Mark chapter two. Yeah, so, I mean, if you grew up in church, you probably know the story, like the back of your hand, but basically in Mark chapter 2, there is this paralytic man, and, um, you know, he can't walk, and Jesus and his disciples are going town to town preaching um, and performing miracles, and so basically Jesus and his his disciples are in this packed-out house, and Jesus is preaching, and this paralytic man um, shoots through to the house with his four homies, right? And um, blocking the entrance of the house is this big old crowd. And so they don't know how to get in. Um, And so his friends have the bright idea of hopping on the roof, um, digging a hole and dropping their paralytic friend through the roof. Um, And Jesus kind of just like is amazed at this. Um, And it kind of just like ends with um, Jesus forgiving his sins, um, healing the man and telling him to take up his mat and go home. Yeah, and I think that uh, in this, uh, there's a couple of things that 
I think for all of us stood out in regards to kind of the message of Jesus and uh, why we do what we do as not only like as Eden as a church, but just as like Christians and just as people. Um, I think there's several things here that uh, I think all of us uh, we were talking about how um, it just aligns with who, who God is. And I think the first person that uh, we kind of want to highlight is highlight is the paralytic guy and how we're talking about how socially this guy was an outcast and because he had like some illness um he was viewed as a sinner and it's very interesting to me how the religious people treated him you know they would like look down upon him and they wouldn't even want to like walk you know cross paths with this guy because they would like think that man like his like impurities can come upon me and it was a really religious uh, driven culture and so man it was a horrible life for this guy uh, wasn't allowed to like live in the city. He was just a beggar his whole life. And so here in this story, this paralytic guy is introduced to us as as a guy really who has a hope because of all the people that are, uh, you know, blocking him from from seeing Jesus. And, and, and unfortunately, I think, um, you know, we live in a culture where as a church, unfortunately, that's the way like we treat people. Um. It's very much like we're the Christians and like those are not the Christians. And I think that uh, we've created kind of this barrier. Yeah, it's like it's like, um, oh, I'm I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to hang out with these people who aren't Christian. But that's really it's really just like a blockage. Like you can't you can't help somebody become a Christian if you're not going to reach out to them. Like you really have to reach out to them and you have to befriend these people so that they can, they can know the love of Jesus, you know? And yeah, I just go ahead. Yeah. And that, and that would probably bring us to the, the next, the next group of people we want to observe. And it's, it's the crowd. And in the story, the crowd gets in the way of the paralytic man. And if you if you notice it's it's not just random people it's people that were following Jesus and they're you know paying attention to all his miracles and this this is really important because i think today the people getting in the way of the relationship with God and the person that wants to have the relationship with God yeah. are the religious people yeah. and yep. and you usually think that oh um the the people that get in the way are the people that don't know about God, but it's actually people that think they know about God or the people that think they know 100% God. Um, wow. And I, I actually have a story. Um, when, I, when I was growing up, I went, I went to a church that was very, like, how do you, like, legalistic. Yeah. And it, 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 it sucked, to be honest, because I wasn't taught to have a relationship with God. I was taught not to go to hell. Wow. So. Wow. So what ended up happening was I was in a way saving myself and I wow. wasn't really letting Jesus save me. So it wasn't until like years later yeah. that I, I, I came to Samia and I actually knew what it was to be a Christian and just, you know, to have a relationship with God. Yeah. And in, in, in that sense, it was, although it was with good intention, and that's what you were talking about last week. Um, in your sermon, how sometimes we get caught up trying to do the good things yeah. that we end up losing the vision. Wow. So in, in this case, the people that were blocking me from having a relationship with God were actually people from the church. Yeah. 
and, and I think uh, I remember once when I, I grew up, I, I also grew up in church, right? I was literally yeah. like born in church, you know, <laughs> like right there in sanctuary. Just kidding. Yeah. I grew up in a church, a uh, fairly big church. And, um, and I remember that I had like one of like my mentors, he was like a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like the youth pastor, but he was like my youth pastor. I was like, ah, that's my youth pastor. <laughs> shout out to Ra- Raul, Raul Sasueta. I mm-hmm. was your youth pastor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Raul Sasueta. Um, but what was crazy is that um, I remember um, he would, like, before service, he would take me to um, just kind of walk around the church. Like, there was a gas station around there. And we would just, like, eva- well, I wouldn't evangelize. I would just, like, watch. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I was, like, just training. Well, not training, but just kind of, like, seeing what he would do. Because I was, like, scared to talk to people, yeah. right? So he would always be the one talking to people. But it was always interesting that he would always approach, like, homeless people. Mm-hmm. And he would... You know, sometimes we would go to like McDonald's and we would eat and he would like buy food for a homeless guy and he would just be like, hey, like, you know, God has a plan for your life. Like God wants to use you. And like he would literally sit him with us to eat. And I remember at one instance uh, before service, uh, uh, Raul, he literally is sharing the gospel with a homeless guy. And then the homeless guy, uh, he like accepts Jesus. And we're like, awesome. Hey church service is about to start like i think it just started like five minutes like we should go and we're literally like across the street and homeless guys like yeah let's go and so all three of us are walking to the front uh sorry not to the front to the church we get to the front door and you know the diacono you know yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the 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 el baron is right there in the front <laughs> yeah. door right with his mm-hmm. with his saco and corbata he got it all together Fresh and his little gafete and everything mm-hmm. yeah 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 you know uh the flat i'm just kidding and so uh, we get to the front door and literally um as we're walking in he like looks at me and he's like what are you guys doing I'm like what do you mean he's like who is this guy like why no. is he coming in here and like he's like a homeless like what is he doing here yeah. And we're like, he's just coming to church and he's like not dressed like that. Wow. And literally they the, like the church was empty and yeah. they literally sat us in the back corner wow. and they sent one of the diaconos to sit with us to make sure that the homeless guy like didn't like get up and go to the front or anything like that. Wow. And ask me if that homeless guy ever went back. No. Wow. And I think that that comes to show like like this guy like the paralytic most likely like that's the life he lived and it was the crowd yeah that blocked him from see and and maybe perhaps they thought they were doing the good thing right yeah they thought maybe that all god wanted for them was for them to just sit at the feet of jesus and to listen to what jesus had to say Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing but the problem comes when like something becomes more important than actually like reaching people because Like, that was the heart of Jesus, right? To reach people. Which I think leads us to the third thing, which is beautiful. It's the friends. Yeah. It's the four dudes that are like, yo, there's a problem. Like, we're the answer to the problem. Yeah. It's like, yo, there's a broken guy. There's a guy that can't get to Jesus. Like, we're going to go ahead and, and do the work. Yep. Yeah. Bring him to God. Like, that's what that's what we need. We need, we need to be those people as a believer. We need to be those people who are going to bring the non-believers to jesus to god and like know so that they know his love like yeah and um there's this um story it's actually they made it into a movie um and so if you've seen it, it's called hacksaw ridge um 
and we literally just watched it the other watched day. It. it was insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's ten insane. out of ten. Really good movie. Would Very recommend. Gory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jedi was crying. Jedi was, dude, Jedi was like sobbing. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it's a. Yeah, uh, but I think this this movie gives us a perfect picture of of um of these friends and what they do in Mark chapter two. And basically, um, in the movie, there's this soldier, and his name is Desmond Doss. Um, and he is sent, he enlists in the army in World War II, and he is sent into one of the bloodiest battles of the war. And uh, basically, they're fighting against the Japanese, trying to take over. Um, and Desmond does not believe in violence. He doesn't want to hurt anyone. So he goes into war without a gun. Um, and everyone kind of doubts him and everyone thinks that he's crazy. They think that he he's not going to back him up. Yeah. Everyone is kind of like, what is this guy going to do when like I'm in trouble, like without a gun, you know? Yeah. Um, and so he goes into war um, and goes into battle. And what ends up happening is that, um, you know, a bunch of uh, soldiers get wounded. And guess who is there to save them? Desmond Doss. Yeah, Soldier Desmond Doss. And he spends the entire night saving soldiers. And what he does is is um, he drags them to safety and kind of lowers them down of this this extremely steep ridge. Um, and that night he saved 75 soldiers. And, and every wow. time he would save a soldier, he would pray to God and he would say, Lord, help me save one more. Just one more. And I think that's super powerful because... I think that is like Desmond Doss. Like, um, yes, it's a movie and it's a true story. And I think Desmond Doss, I think, paints a picture of the kind of people I think God's called us to be. Mm -hmm. People that are going to be like, God, like, help me get one more. Yep. Yeah. You know, and, and this guy went to the place that no one else was willing to go. And what's crazy is with that everybody took a step back, but he took a step forward. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what made the difference. Like, that's what separates the regular, the average, to someone great. And that's what happened with, like, David and Goliath, right? Who's going to fight Goliath? Everybody took a step back. It was a scary moment, but David took a step forward. A and David became David because David was willing to take a step forward when everybody took a step back. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, like, how many people are going to be willing to take a step forward while everybody takes a step back? You know what I mean? Um, and I think something else that comes to mind is like, I feel like in church, you always hear up, grow up hearing like, oh, the five people closest to you, like, tell me who you friend, who your friends are, and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's so true in this story of, of the paralytics and the friends. And I think even just like going into friendships is so important and who you surround yourself with. Um, and these four friends decided to, um, help this paralytic man and bring him to Jesus. And imagine if this paralytic man would have said no and he would have not surrounded himself with these four men. He wouldn't have been able to be taken to a place of healing. And I think sometimes um, we get so scared of like um, being vulnerable with people to the point where we're scared to accept help or we're scared to um, let down our guard and sometimes we don't accept that help from let's say these four friends right um, and so I think like it's so important to surround yourself with people who who will take you to Jesus and people who will carry you when you can't walk and I think that's a picture of who we want to be yeah. and it's beautiful because if, if you notice like 
in the story, Jesus looks at these, uh, looks at the paralytic and he looks, it says, literally says like, he saw the faith of the friends. He saw the faith of these men. Mm-hmm. It, which leads me to say that like, even with, when you surround with, you're like, maybe you're at a place where your faith, is, maybe you don't even believe in God, you know? But I think that the faith of your friends, like, like constantly, like, you know, praying for your friends and stuff like that. Like, I believe that like, that's what friendship is about. Like yeah. there's going to be moments where my faith is lacking and Isaac's is strong. And there's moments where Isaac's faith is lacking and mine is strong or where Nani's is high and mine's low or Olivia. And I think in those moments, that's where it's like, we know that we have friends that like, man, like my faith right now is, is, is weak. It's failing. But I know that the Isaac's faith is strong. I know that Olivia's faith is, I know that Nani's faith is strong. And so that's enough. That's going to help me. And it's not that I'm there now, but I think that that's even a powerful message that Jesus literally saw these men faith and he looks at this, this pair of things like, like you're healed. Yeah. And yeah, I think, uh, friendships are just important. I think, uh, um, keep you accountable. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I think that accountability is there. Yeah. I think that that's one of the biggest things that, you know, we were created for community. We we're created to be in friendships with one another. And I think that's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, right? That like, yeah. Uh, healing and all that stuff. It's found in the context of community, uh, building healthy friendships, accountability, as Isaac was saying. And uh, I think uh, one of the most beautiful things here is um, essentially what Jesus does, because that's kind of the that's kind of the the main focus, right? Because uh, the heart of you know one of the values here as a church is you know people are our heart, and I think it's seen what Jesus does. And I think all of us have experienced that uh, in one way or another in our lives. You know, here comes a broken man. And Jesus literally brings healing to this guy. Jesus doesn't call him. Notice that Jesus say, hey, you paralytic, you know, or hey, you sinner, get up. He literally calls him son. And that blows my mind uh, because there's moments where I think I felt it. And I'm expecting God to be like really mad at me. But he's like, hey, son, like, get up. Yeah. Yeah, and just simply going back to um, the context of this, where this paralyzed man is seen as because of his um, disability, because he's paralyzed, he's seen as a sinner. And what caught my attention um, when I was reading this earlier today, the passage, the passage, the title of the passage in Mark chapter 2 is Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. And I think that that's so powerful because... The man, this paralyzed man, didn't even come to Jesus asking for forgiveness. He came asking for healing. And I think it's beautiful that when we come to Jesus asking for healing, he heals everything from the inside out, which results in this forgiveness of our sins and this forgiveness of, of, of him um, adopting us into sonship and, and calling us his sons and daughters and so uh, that's something that I just noticed today that I thought was so powerful. Yeah, and um, even uh, just to think about, like, and just to camp out here for a little bit and give the space for all of us, like, what's interesting is um, what Jesus tells this man at the end, right? He's not just like, yo, all right, you're healed. Get out of here, man. Let me just continue with my sermon. Let me just let me do what's just important. No, Jesus takes the time. He, as Nani was saying, brings healing, and not only physically but spiritually. 
Uh, what catches my attention is the words uh, that Jesus tells him. He says, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's powerful. Like, Jesus is literally saying, like, the, your whole life, like, that part of your life that was difficult for you, like, that's what Jesus wants to use. That's what I want to use. That's what he's telling this guy. It's what I want to use in your life. So that, like, as people see you walking home, they'll be like, yo, isn't that the guy that was paralyzed? Isn't that the guy that was begging for money? Like, he's walking. Like, what happened to his life? You know, like, yo, dude, what happened to you? He's like, bro, like, you know, Jesus, he healed me. You know, he forgave me. And I think that's powerful. I think God's given all of us a story. He's given us all of us a message. And I think that message is a message of hope, you know. It's a message of him, you know, bringing healing and bringing forgiveness. And I don't know about you guys, but I think that at least in my life, um, you know, there's moments like, you know, like I, I've been open about this of how, like, you know, I, I've gone through like, you know, family problems, like, you know, with my dad, like, um, and I'm not going to get into, into too much detail, but um, it was just a difficult season. And I know that when I went through that, it wasn't the easiest. And I dealt through moments where I, it was hard to forgive. But I think what got me through was realizing that, man, God one day is going to go ahead and and use that. And I think it's funny. Uh, everybody's like, yo, your hashtag future focus is so annoying. <laughs> 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 and, um, yeah, I think uh, God has a, has, a, has a plan for all of us. Yeah. And uh, he's given all of us a message. He's given all of us a story. And I think we can use that um, for uh, his glory and, and, and helping bring people closer to him. Yeah, because I think, I think stories are super important because that's how you're able to relate with people that, you know, that have s- um, like the same stories. Like in, in my situation, I'm, I'm able to understand what, what it is to be a Christian and what it's not to be a Christian. And it's not about just, you know, doing the good things just for your own good just so you go to heaven it's about actually having a relationship with god and i know that because of what i went through and and maybe there's uh, people out there right now that you know that might be going through the same thing and maybe they're hearing this and they're like oh my gosh that's exactly how what 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 i'm feeling right now and i think that's why um they talk about it talks about how we interpret it as um, our stories are important because it could save souls. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And it, it kind of goes with um, what what you were talking about last time of like turning your, your anchors into altars and how this man um, gets his mat and he, he doesn't use this as something that holds him down. It's not something that keeps him stagnant, but instead he uses this as... He honors his past, and he says, yes, I was a paralytic man, but look how far I've come. And it wasn't like a step backwards, but a step forward. Um, And when you use your past and what God, the story that God has given you, um, I think that, like you guys said, stories are so powerful. And and I think that that that's a message for all of us to, to use that story because it's been given to us by God, and it's been, it's been written by God. And I think our stories have more power than we think that ourselves. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think that's an encouragement for you guys yeah. to use the story that you've been given. Yeah, totally. Because honestly, if, if you 
see it when when you tell your stories it's an easier way for the non-believers to connect with you it's like wow okay this person went through the same thing I went through and God healed them from it like I can I can be healed like I can see this love I will be shown this love yep and it's been said like right like people don't relate to your strength they relate to your weaknesses Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, I think as Christians, not even just pastors and leaders, so yes, that's a big thing that we'll probably get into one day. But I think just as Christians, I would think we've put up this like fake picture, mm. right? Filtered like picture of what a Christian looks like. And we put like this perfect person. Yeah. Full disclaimer, no full disclaimer, being a Christian is not easy. It's not. It's not. No. And, and, and the thing with that is like, we this we put this perfect picture of like man like I'm perfect, got my life <laughs> together. God uh, is good. God is good. Well, <laughs> bless the Lord, and marriage is good. Family is good. The dog doesn't pee inside the house. <laughs> life is good. But you know what? Sometimes a dog does pee in the house. It does. Yeah. And, and Hercules, I get some pampers on that food. <laughs> 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 Shout out Hercules. <laughs> uh, and, and I think uh, I think I uh, think what's gonna be the change in this culture, in this generation specifically. I think what's going to make the difference is people, more specifically Christians, mm-hmm. walking around at work, in the city, um, at church, um, at coffee shops, at school, with our mats, yeah. with our stories. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not leaving them at church, not leaving them at home. Like, ah, oh, God saved me, so I don't talk about that anymore. And, sh- you know, like, God's good, you know. No, but I think it's when we, you know, as Olivia was saying, People relate to that. And if we could just be people that are, you know what, we're going to be honest about where I was, man, I think we can make such an impact. Yeah. You know, people will be able to say like, yo, like this person's actually like human. Mm -hmm. Like they're actually like me. And I think that's why Jesus, if you think about it, every time that Jesus wanted to get a point across, it was always a story. Mm -hmm. It was always a story. Jesus always talked in stories. He was the best storyteller. Yeah. And the reason for that is because Jesus knew that people connect to stories. Mm-hmm. Stories change the world. The story of Jesus changed the world. Mm-hmm. It's how we tell the story. And I think that's our job. <coughs> our so, job. So like more practically, we we have conversations about this and we, we talk about how we're supposed to, you know, lead him to Jesus and then get out of the way. So yes. li- living that practically, how would you say uh, we're able to do that? Yeah. So I think, um, especially in the culture now, like a social media culture, it's like, yo, bring people to Jesus and keep them with me, you know, because mm-hmm. I want the following. Yeah. And so I think we're so good at bringing people to Jesus, not because we want that person to like really uh, like, you know, have an encounter with Jesus or not because we want like a whole building full of people that are passionate about Jesus, but it's, I think we want a building full of people so we can get a good Instagram picture. And so what we do is, uh, we bring uh, people to Jesus, but only if, um, we can get something out of it. And so practically, I think that looks like just literally loving people for people and seeing souls as souls and seeing the paralytic as someone who, um, like, like, bro, like, you know, like these four men, like we don't know much about them. Like these dudes could have been in the crowd. And these dudes maybe saw the guy and they were like, yo, like, let's go get him. Yeah. Maybe they weren't even Christian. 
we don't know that. Yep. But they were like, yo, like, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to go help this guy. And I think what it looks like to bring people to Jesus practically, it's simply that. Loving people for people and um, understanding. Yeah, yeah, and understanding that we can't change them. Mm-hmm. We can encourage and, you know, mm-hmm. but we can't change them. That's like God's role. That's God's responsibility. Yeah. Our responsibility is simply to bring them to Jesus and show them the love of Jesus in the process yeah, of our, our 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 goal is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not to be Jesus. And you just got to get out of the way, you know? That's exactly what I was going to say. And I was just... Um, you know, going off of that, I think sometimes we get the roles mixed up and we think that we're the ones who heal the paralyzed man when really mm. we're the ones, you know, making the hole in the roof and dropping the paralytic man there. Wow. And, you know, at that point, the friends like are no longer discussed. Jesus sees the faith of the friends and the friends literally got out of the way and did nothing at that point. And I think yeah. we can take that as an example of of, hey, I'm bringing you to Jesus, and I can't heal your, I don't know, what is that, paralyzedness, but (laughs) (laughs) but I can leave you here with Jesus, and that's the best you can do. Yeah. And I think it's, like, just super cool that we're not giving, we're not giving the name of the four dudes. Like, they're just known as the four men. Yeah. Super important. And it's not like, yo, that was, like, that was David, that was Isaac, that was Mm -hmm. Jed, and that was Andy. Like, that's not what, it literally is, like, the four men brought this guy to Jesus. And I think uh, we, we talked about this, like whenever there's been like a move of God, the Jesus movement and all that stuff, whenever there was like a, a special and beautiful move of God, there was always a group of men and women who were willing to live their life, not for a title, not for a position, but to live their life as a testimony to say, I'm willing to be just another man, another woman that's going to bring people to Jesus and get out of the way. Yeah. And I think that is where change happens. That's where lives get changed and i think even what you were saying right like we can't change people like the healing is not that we do it and i think it's the the famous pizza analogy right pizza <laughs> bro bring it in bring it in right now do the huh? pizza analogy do uh, the, it bro the pizza analogy and i think uh this is a, my good one huh? <laughs> yeah. it's like uh for example like who doesn't love a good pizza right um quick question real question though um does pineapple go in pizza it does no, it, does. it no. does. It yes, literally it does. does dude. Three against three one. Against three one. Three okay. against one. No, there used to be a so moment. There used to be a moment in time where everybody would say no. The times are changing, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, I really? don't remember at all anyone saying no. no. Okay, I remember uh, there was a, like a discussion. Like, okay, like it was fifty-fifty. Uh, okay, what about uh, does ketchup go on pizza? No. Yeah, it does. No. It does. No. Look, a pobre life, bro. We li- like like. Wait, are you serious? You're joking. Humble beginnings, man. Look, um, back I don't know if you're being serious. <laughs> no, bro. I'm, I'm being serious. Back when, like, when I was like probably like five years old, my aunt used to bring Little Caesars, like you know, and we didn't have ranch. We had ketchup, so we'd make the best out of it. We would like take the whole bottle and just squeeze it all over. And if you it's think not about gross, it, it's not gross because look, there's geez. already ketchup on pizza because of the yeah. tomato sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> debatable. Dude, I know. This is coming from the <laughs> guy that had a freaking milk. Bro, you have a testimony. You I went know, from ketchup to ranch. Come on, there's a God. Dude, yeah, there's I think a God. I think that's your Matt Isaac. Yeah. Bro, that's your <laughs> Matt. Bro. You've been hiding it, bro. Yeah. God's saying, hey, use that Matt. Matt. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's anyone out there that likes ketchup, 
We're praying for you. We're praying for you. There's a future <laughs> for your lives. Ranches out there. Isaac is the testimony to that. So uh, pizza. So uh, imagine like you're like you know movie night, date night, and uh, you're like yo, like let's get some pizza, and you know you put half half pineapple, nani's half, and then my half is like just pepperoni, bacon, and jalapenos, with jalapenos. Ketchup. No what? With ketchup. No ketchup with ranch. You like garlic? What is it? Garlic knots. Garlic. Knots. So oh, what's good. that garlic spread or what is it? The garlic what? Garlic butter. Yeah, garlic butter. And so imagine you we order the pizza from where? Uh, Domino's. No, Papa John's. Papa, Papa John's. John's. Papa John's. Okay, let's say we order the, the pizza from Papa John's. And uh, the pizza shows up. Uh, we deliver, right? And so then the you hear the, the door knock, like the thing knocks, right? And then we're like, yo, go get the door. And let's say Olivia goes to the door and she opens the door. And the pizza guy is holding the pizza without the box. No. And homeboy hasn't cut his nails, oh. right? Just like hasn't showered. Maybe there's like a pelo on the pizza, no. and no. just the cheese is just going down his arm. That's probably like sweaty because it's humid outside right now. And uh, he's like, "Hey, here's your pizza." Like, what do you guys tell him? Thank you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Pizza's a pizza again. or what? Pizza's a pizza. No. <laughs> to die is to gain. To die is bro. Yeah. To die is to gain. The COVID. That's biblical, bro. Um, and um, I think all of us would be like, yo, where's the box? Yeah. Right? Where's the box? The interesting about thing about the box is that the box is only worth three cents. Now, imagine homeboy shows up to your house. He knocks on the door. Same thing. You open the door. And he gives you a box with no pizza inside. You're like, bro, where's the pizza? Again, the, the, the analogy here is this. Uh, the pizza box is only worth three cents. But what gives the box value is the pizza that's inside the box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, whenever God uses us to bring people to him, we need to remind ourselves that we're just a box. That Fire. we're not the pizza. Jeez. We're not the substance. We're not the thing that changes. We're not like God can do what he wants to do. Like, bro, he literally used a donkey. Mm -hmm. Like he used a donkey like and so god can use what whatever and whoever he wants and so especially as pastors preachers that are listening to this like when god uses us i think we need to remind ourselves we're just a box and jesus is the pizza yeah. Amen. jesus is the pizza mm -hmm. and i think that's what it looks like to get out of the way reminding ourselves constantly reminding ourselves like bro i'm just a box you know i'm just the messenger yeah. you know and um it doesn't depend on me and i think when we get to that point, I think we'll be able to make a difference, not only um, in Southern California, but just think around the world. And I think that's the life that God calls us to. I think that's the life that um, we're, we're invited to, a life that brings people to Jesus and gets out of the way. Mm -hmm. And that is our goal as Eden, of, um, that people are our heart. And, and we're going to go where others won't go. And our prayer is, Lord, just help me get one more. 